Hey guys, it's me, but we're not going to get into the episode just yet because I want to introduce today's sponsor, and that is Anchor. Anchor is what I use to upload and distribute my podcast on platforms like Spotify and Apple Music, but you can also use it to record and edit an episode right from your computer or phone for free. You can also use it to make money from your podcast without a minimum listenership. All you need to get started on your podcast is all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. See you soon. to another episode of The Bondage Hawks with your host, Ama Apia. In today's episode, I bring my friend Catherine Fryer to chat about how you set yourself up for success in the workplace when transitioning from college. Everyone's experience in their first job widely varies, so we sit down to reflect on our experiences as well as what we realize about ourselves as employees. Whether you're about to enter the workforce or have been in the game for a little bit, Catherine's insight will be helpful in sparking new relationships, feeling comfortable in your work environment, and preparing yourself for the next steps of your career. And trust me, I've applied some of the stuff she said to my own life and 10 out of 10 would recommend. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode and I'll see you very soon. Bye. Hello. Hello. Hi. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) I'm so good. I just got back from the park, so I had a little morning moment with myself in the park. <laughs> so you've had your whole like, kind of routine. I see you have your Starbucks. My mom said she's going to go to Starbucks for me, and I'm so happy. She was like, do you want anything from Starbucks? Like, I'm going to get you like your matcha latte. She's on her way, so she stops by in the middle of this. Like that's- <laughs> so welcome back to another episode of the bonnet talks with your host ama apia today i have my like best friend slash sister slash big <laughs> Catherine fryer with me um anyone who knows me knows that like basically when we we're at uconn together we were attached at the hip Catherine and i became friends through our sorority gamma phi beta and um she was my big actually so because of that we became so close and she like is one of my best friends like ever knowing that i want to kind of get into the episode with our usual segment what is your favorite moment in our relationship and i know we have so many because we are literally attached at the hip <laughs> literally when you i was like thinking about this the other day just like in this quarantine like reminiscing and i'm like plays movie real <laughs> there are so many like quick fast forward through the relationship right um, I know. But one of my favorite moments, honestly, was like, I remember the day that I met you and like how we met and everything. And we had, so when we first, when you first joined the sorority, they set up those Mooney dates. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Our like sorority symbol is the crescent moon. We do this thing in the beginning when you're like a little searching for a big and when you're a big searching for a little and they call them Mooney dates and you basically like just do like one-on-one like you can do whatever you want hanging out get to know different people you kind of speed date for a couple weeks before you're like I want this person it's speed dating and you're like (laughs) oh this is my resume this is what I do for fun (laughs) I remember you and I rescheduled it like a couple times because we're both just so so busy 
Like, we're so annoying. Like, so annoying. <laughs> and, like, we were both very involved on the campus, but, like, in separate things. Yeah. But had overlapping friend groups and just had, like, never met before. Which and is so crazy. Yeah. I was a senior and you were a junior. And I remember it was Jessica, Jess, Dakota, who, like, introduced us. And she, like, texted oh. me one day. And she was like, hey, Catherine, like, my friend Amma joined the sorority. I think you two would get along really well. Oh my and gosh. I was senior and I had been in the sorority for two years already. I was like, that senior mindset of just like, I'm just going through my senior year. Like, I'm going to finish my classes. And <laughs> yeah, like, you, were, you had no interest. You were like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I was like, oh, so you want me to be more involved. <laughs> <laughs> when I need to be like gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to still go on these Mooney dates. I'm going to like try it out. I was like, I want to meet Jess's friend. So I was like, if she thinks that if there's like a personal connection, I'll try it. And so then I like, I had also already like picked you out of like the list of people to like talk to anyway. I was like, this girl looks cool. And so we get our dinner. Finally, you and I like pick a day that we could both meet up. It was like at McMahon, McMahon dining hall, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Why was it? Why did we do McMahon? I feel like, okay. If you guys, if you guys know, we were busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that was like the closest dining hall to us at the time. If anyone went to UConn, you would know McMahon is like the place for like, you know, you have like a little like tiny plates and you have to carry multiple at the same time. And it's like, you're having multiple meals at once. And it's just, I feel like it's not ideal for like a first time, like uh, sit down date or like whatever because you're so focused on carrying all your plates and not dropping anything or like <laughs> it's also to run into everyone there yeah. like it's like finding a seat you find a seat and then you pass like maybe the person you're getting your meal with runs into like 12 people just like in the pizza line literally okay so I finished my dinner I got <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go I got <laughs> also McMahon because they have like such like the tiny plates and stuff like you don't like for me I don't know about you but like when I would first get food I would still be hungry afterwards but like I don't want to be that person to like get up and like go get more food like if I'm like meeting someone the first time I want to exactly. sit there and like you know get like talk to you and stuff but I don't want to be like hi I just had like three slices of pizza I'm gonna go get like chicken <laughs> chicken nuggets now like <laughs> I remember you and I were eating and whatever I picked up I did not like and I was like pause you were like telling me like introducing yourself I was like really quick like this dinner is not good I was like please and you were like okay good and like you got up and got like something else <laughs> I remember I remember that day too oh my gosh I love Jess like thank god for Jess yeah I don't even that's like so funny that like, she linked us and like because it's true like what you said like we were both very involved on campus, like yeah. extremely involved, mm -hmm. but somehow we just had not crossed paths. But it's cool because like we weren't involved in the same things, things I feel yeah. like until the end of our journeys, our Yukon journeys, yeah. like we weren't involved, but we had so many mutual friends. Like yeah. once we did meet each other, like at that dinner table, I was like, oh wait, you went on this, like. Um, like one of those alternative break trips. Yeah, right? I did in Peru. I went to Peru. I went to Peru. Went to Peru. And so when we were sitting at the table, you were like, oh, I did this. I was like, wait, my best friend from high school went there. And then you guys had been on. So yeah. it's just odd that like 
we had so many overlap. Like we could have met probably in the no, first few years, but we, we never def- did. Yeah, but yeah. I, we were definitely meant to meet though, because I also, I mean, that I almost brought up that as one of my favorite moments too. But I was like, oh, let, me, let me think of something else too. Something but because uh, I was, I was like, I wonder what Catherine's gonna say about this. But um, yeah, it- I that like stood out to me as well too because that. I don't even know how to explain this, but like it went so well because I just felt so comfortable with you like right away. And like, I was already like shaky about being in a sorority. Like everyone has heard this on my podcast before, but like, I wasn't sure like how it was going to go. And I wasn't sure what the people would be like, but like at this point, everyone had been so amazing. And, um, Catherine, like that first day at McMahon, like I was just so happy. Cause I felt like she understood me and like, we didn't even talk for long, I think. Cause I had we to run talked? somewhere. Yeah, you were. Okay. So this is also why I knew we were friends. Like, <laughs> so you had just gotten out of like a club meeting. Maybe it was USG or something like that. We were having a late dinner and then you were like, I only have like an hour. I'm so sorry. And I was like, okay, perfect. Me too. Got to get back to the library. Cause like lived at the library and oh, you're like, I have like there. a protest or something. You were going to like a sit in or like a protest, I think for like environmental justice. Like one of your friends was doing something in oh. the field house. Oh, Oh my gosh. I don't remember this. And you were, like- you were like going to support your friend after mm-hmm. our dinner. I'm pretty sure. And I was like, I was like, you're like, sorry, gotta run after this. And I was like, okay, that's fine. That's a bit of a full reason to be. I was like, that is the only reason you are allowed to leave. That's the only- <laughs> In Catherine's mind, that's the only reason I'm allowed to leave. Yeah, quality time is my love language. So, so- <laughs> <laughs> mine too, though. That's why we work so well. For my favorite moment in our relationship. Yeah. I, I can't believe, okay, so I had something else. And then this morning, this pops into my head and I was like, how could I forget this? Oh my God. (laughs) But this is when we met Casey Musgraves together. Um, so last year we went to go see Casey Musgraves and, um, she, okay. So actually I should give this little premise too. This is going like on forever, but I just feel like this is so like important. important. Also, (laughs) I, there's the fan she gave us. Oh, it's hanging up in your, oh my God. Okay. So I have to really explain this now because this is really perfect. So before we, so we heard Casey Musgraves was going on tour and like, we were like, we have to like do this. Like we have to go see Casey together and see like, like this would be such a great moment for us. And, um, we saw that she had floor seats and like meet and greets and they were so cheap guys. They were like $140 mm-hmm. and we were like, okay, come on now. Like the we have third to- <laughs> row on the floor, we were third row directly talking to her. No guys like <laughs> legit. We, Oh my God. It was so crazy. So, so it was incredible. So we, we had to get the tickets and I just remember buying them and be like, Catherine, I got them. Uh, I hope this is okay. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, it was my first day at work. I was trying to be so good and not look at my cell phone. And I looked down at all these messages and I'm like, Catherine, there's an unbelievable opportunity. There are these tickets. I want to get the tickets. Like two minutes between the texts. She's like, I got the tickets. Please don't be mad at me. Like, and I was like, I saw it at the end of the day and I was like, this is the best first day of work. This is the best thing I could have walked out to. I was so scared she was gonna be like, Amma, I cannot pay for that. Like, I don't want those tickets. And I was gonna be like, girl, we're meeting Casey Musgraves. What are you talking about? So I was like freaking out. We get to so this was in Boston and um it was supposed to be like a blizzard or something that day. 
in Boston. So we get there. And of course the blizzard starts and everything. Like we don't care about that though. We're like, we're going to, we're just here. Like we're going to meet Casey Musgraves. It was the best day. Casey was so nice. She complimented my outfit. I was like, she was like, oh my gosh, your fashion sense. I cried. I was like, Casey. <laughs> and then Catherine, Catherine, like I think you were right after me. And what happened with, you had a funny story with her. Yeah. So my, my senior year, like highlights of my senior year, one, becoming friends with you. Two, walking around that campus and like just listening to her album because the Golden Hour album came out. Iconic. And I'd be all like sentimental and I'd listen to that song like follow your arrow. And I was like, I'm graduating school. Mm -hmm. Like follow your arrow (laughs) wherever it points. Like really resonating with the lyrics, right? So of course, naturally, I decorated my graduation cap Mm -hmm. as like follow your arrow, like her quote. And I took a picture with it, whatever. So when I did my meet and greet, I showed her. I was like, I admire you so much. Like, I love your music. And I, like, showed her my graduation cap. And she was like, nice. Like, she's cranking through that line. Like, she wanted to be personable. But she was like, nice. It's beautiful. Congratulations on graduating. I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> like, she could have said anything. And I would have been like, oh, my goodness. So I was just so excited. And I showed her. But you could tell she was like, all right I don't have time to be going through people's camera rolls in their (laughs) phone and I was just like so appreciative but then like you had your little moment and you were like she complimented me I was like oh that's nice you like actually tried talking to her I was (laughs) she was so funny anyway so that was obviously a highlight but like there's just more like throughout the night that I just loved like talking to her like when she was on stage because we were third row and she was like what did she say she was like she was like Okay, literally, Weather Channel, everyone was like, do not leave your apartment in Boston. Meanwhile, Amma and I drive up from Connecticut. We're like, going to Boston. (laughs) We're like, we're going to Casey Muskers. And so she like updated us like halfway through the show. And she was like, yeah, it's really coming like down out there, the blizzard and the snow. And you were like, you said something. I was like, we're going to be here all night. We're stuck here. So that's what I said. And then she was like, we're stuck here together. And like, she was looking at you. She was like what's that and like you said it louder and I was like life made <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like so casual about these things I'm just like yeah you know this conversations because like, we like when we were in the line to do the meet and greet you were like chatting up her like assistant too you were like <laughs> So the music industry must be really hard, like being on, and then the like assistant starts like opening up to you. She's like, yeah, it's really tolling, like being on tour all the time. You were like having a mini therapy session. I was like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) What is going on right now? No, I I just like love, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm such a talker and maybe like I need to stop, but I also just was like, don't let it stop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's my friend so many like incredible moments together actually wow mm-hmm. i could talk about this. Start to choose. oh my god i could literally talk about this all day i like this is after the show like i need to, need to reminisce with you because i really need to like, we'll just play a mini like a little reel so you told us a little bit about yourself like with our tbt moment and everything but i would love to give you the chance to talk about who you are what you've been doing i am Catherine fryer i am 24 years old and graduated from uconn two years ago so that's how we know each other but at uconn i was a liberal arts major i bounced around my majors a couple times because like I just wanted to help the world and I still do. And I'm like, how do I like choose one thing Mm -hmm. to embody all of that? 
So I was psych and communication at UConn. I like highly identify with my majors, like so <laughs> highly identify. And since graduating, I work in a technology program. So some mm. people, when I say that, they're like, oh my God, like you went from liberal arts to technology. And I'm like, yes, I did. I <laughs> so I'm working in a technology program right now in healthcare. I like it. I was, I got like a lot of time kind of just reflecting, being like, okay, do I want to do technology? I'm going to test right. this out. And right. so that's yep. what's been nice about this last like couple years. Yeah. And that's exactly kind of what I wanted to touch upon a little bit initially in this podcast. Um, because you, again, you were a liberal arts major. You weren't like you did psych and um, communication and then you went to technology. Some, similar to me where I was biology and communication double major. That's also why Catherine and I bond very well because like we love communication so much. And, like, we, we talked talk about, about it the day we met. <laughs> yeah, we just are obsessed with communication. And I, after studying those two majors, went into fashion merchandising, which is completely different than what I anticipated ever doing. Um, and I think we had like almost a similar, kind of like a similar sense of reflection and like ways of approaching this journey in terms of like kind of figuring out like what we liked and what we didn't like and how we could mm -hmm. use that to apply to um, get to where we need to be in the future. And so one of my initial questions for you was like, just in general, like what was that transition like for you? Because I think that you know, communication and psychology, for example, are very applicable every, anywhere and everywhere. And I think that even in the STEM world, it's something that we need to see more of because I just find that the STEM environment in general can be very rigid. Um, there's, a, there's a certain aura about it. So I wanted to know with your personality and then with your academic background, how, like, what was that transition like for you? So for me, I started it out based on like, I started out working for the company when I was an intern. So at first I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try this as an intern. I'm going to test it out. Right, yeah. And like, it's not that big of a commitment. I'm not like changing my whole life path. Right. I'm just testing out to see like what this will be like. Mm -hmm. And they had this structured technology program and they had positions listed as like, you could be a computer scientist, you could choose to be an engineer, you could choose to be a software developer, but they also had positions listed as being like a project manager and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what, like, I never wanted to major in business, but I always wanted to kind of try and see what that would be like without fully dedicating like my like time. Like a whole major to it. Yeah, exactly. Because like, the heart lies in the social sciences and it like Girl. forever will. Like Girl, forever, we yeah, are, yes. <laughs> so I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to test that out. And when I was interviewing for the program, they were like, this is great. You'll be like a culture ad, like with your liberal arts background, this and this. And at first I was like, that's exciting. Like I'll be a culture ad. Like, cause I was doing a lot yeah. of human-centered work and like human-centered creative work, which I didn't even know was a possibility in technology. Like they need people that understand people yeah. <laughs> when you're like working with computer systems, when you're working in healthcare with applications, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I was so excited to like, I was oftentimes in like meetings and stuff and mm -hmm. people would be like, 
describing kind of the more technical features of things. And I'm like, yeah, but if people can't use this or how is this going to actually like help someone? Right. How can they digest that information and apply in their own lives? You know? Right. Exactly. So I was actually like really excited at first to be that like person in the room. Mm -hmm. Like that would just kind of disrupt the thought process of how everything always like a standard yeah the the tradition yeah exactly yeah so I really like liked that but it's very scary to be honest to be so like one vulnerable but two like you're the only one in the room with that background and there might be people Mm -hmm. that are like well into their career like 15 20 Mm -hmm. 30 years into their career and they've been an engineer or a software developer for this whole time and they're like well why would we do that like or that's expensive and I'm like I know but (laughs) (laughs) I know (laughs) so in some ways you just kind of have to learn to develop that voice especially as a young woman Um, I learned that in my internship my manager would like have me walk into meeting rooms and he would be like don't tell anyone you're an intern and I was like what and then he'd open the door and I'm like oh my goodness like he's like just pretend you've been working here for like 10 years and I'm like solid (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's good well we'll all pretend good (laughs) anything is anything is possible when you lie So I was like, don't know how I feel about that, but all right, I am qualified to be here and I will give you my perspective. So yeah, that adjustment at first, it was like, it was rocky because I needed to learn to develop my voice, Mm -hmm. but I see the value it brings in kind of being that person to make everyone else in the room see a different perspective or just understand where you're coming from sometimes I do miss though I will admit I miss having like my group of social science people with me to be like yes and then like squad to back you up that's your squad your squad I mean that's your girls your your boys exactly so I'm excited for this third one this like next that's also the thing about the rotating aspects that's been so refreshing it's like all right I can add this to this team I'm gonna add this to the next team for a year mm-hmm. and now for this third one it's like creative people there are some social scientists oh, in nice. there and they yeah. work with the um like technologists but it's all the social scientists kind of like in one place mm-hmm. and then they interact with the tech. so I'm excited about that I found my squad <laughs> yeah you found your squad yeah now I, I mean you said something like you brought up, you know, being an, a woman in these spaces, like, and not just even like this the pressures that the environment puts on you, but what were some of the pressures that you put on yourself? Because I think some, a lot of these things, like, at least for me, I don't know about you, but like, I find that I self-inflict a lot of <laughs> the pressures oh, and like deadlines and timelines. And I, I kind of create that for myself and make it so much harder. <laughs> it's like, why do I do that? No, absolutely. So. Yeah, just like being a woman originally in this space and just being a young woman too. Mm. Um, I had like so much and I heard your episode too about imposter syndrome when you talked mm. with Meg. Yeah, I like, Meg, I love you. Awesome. I was like, I did not know that she did her research in that. So I've t- I saw a presentation about imposter syndrome at work, we did like a women in IT conference and it was our first ever, the company's first ever one. Um, and now they're going to continue like 
having more of them because they realized how necessary it is. Mm. But like already as a woman in STEM, um, there are so many less women just in my class than men. Like just, Mm -hmm. you probably saw this in your major too, like with molecular and cell biology. It's like, there are so many less women um, in the field than men. So already you're there's that's one factor and then another factor is like I'm like yes I was a liberal arts major so they're like how are you like qualified to be here I've literally been asked that by a manager before and I'm like I deserve to be here I was hired here yes (laughs) yes you tell them girl you just learn to develop that voice I cannot believe that and it's a lot of just like positive self-talk to yourself but at first like in any new situation, I feel like you're shadowing or you're observing for your first couple months in any new job or like kind of group. Um, at least that's how I am when I like first start a new role. I'm not just like, I'm the expert, so I'm going to lead this. No, like, you can't, no. <laughs> no, you can't because some people do. You know, there are some people in the training session who act like that. I'm like, you literally just got here five minutes ago. Like, <laughs> please. <laughs> Put your hand down. (laughs) Like, put your hand down, please. Okay. Like, let's just let's listen. (laughs) Listen, actively listen. So, (laughs) in the beginning, it was lots of like shadowing, and I'm like, okay, wait, I can do this. Like, Mm -hmm. I have ideas to add here. Also, I don't think we should be doing it this way. So, I'm gonna let you know. But at first, Mm -hmm. you are more observant and listening because you're trying to learn a new culture you're trying to learn okay this is how this is working here right um but for me in some ways it's kind of fun as a like it's kind of fun as a woman to be able to be like assert yourself Mm -hmm. in situations and just be like no like I I should be saying this or and then there's like kind of that silence after (laughs) like the awkward all right (laughs) but I've done that before like in my first month in my second rotation of my new job Mm. this one guy in a meeting like my whole job was dedicated to this like one project and this one man was like why is this even being done and he and I was like well it's being done because this this and this and he was Mm -hmm. like well no but why really like why should we be worrying about this And it got, like, my, like, team to be, like, why are we kind of doing this? Like, why are we having Catherine do this? And after the meeting, I went up to the guy, and I was, like, thank you so much for asking that question because I've been voicing that for such a long time. And I was, like, but you saying it, like, made a difference. So, like, you backing it up Mm -hmm. made such a big difference. Um, So seeing him kind of do it in a room of people also then just, like, is teaching me to question and, like, critically think and it's so interesting that like hearing your perspective on this because for me my company is majority women so I'm in a very different environment so I came from you know heavily stem major right I was biology major so again like kind of had that disproportionate like you know like more men but also like all, I was one of the few black people in the major you know what I'm saying so you yeah. have like it's very this whole thing is very intersectional and I want to say that and emphasize that um but then I entered this space of working in my first job and the company's majority women in in my company like I don't ever feel like I can't speak up on something because again as women we're always uplifting each other at least like in my 
at work. And that's just how the mm-hmm. culture is. I did feel though, like a sense of like, you know, I think it just, when you first join a job, like you, you don't want to like overstep or anything. So I was always like, not too much. Yeah. Right. So I, I really admire you for actually being like, Hey, no, I actually want to share my ideas. And I think this is a good one. And I want to bring this perspective. Like, I think it's great. You did that very early on. And I think people should do that more because I think also, at least for me, my mentality was that like, I want to absorb as much as I can. I want to listen as much as I can, especially because fashion merchandising isn't my, that's not my skill set. <laughs> I yeah. didn't go, right? You know, I didn't go to school for that. So I had a huge learning curve. So it was more of like, okay, I need to step back and listen. In general, I find that like my experience is a little bit, is kind of opposite of yours where like, I didn't really have people asking me, why are you doing this? Or why are you as a person doing this? Or like, why, you know, like what that kind of question is like, what, like, why did you approach it this way versus like, what's the purpose of you even like, yeah, exactly. Even doing this. I was never really asked that. Um, It was more of like, like people would push me to do things and take risks and like be in charge of, uh, of different projects and things like that. And that's Mm -hmm. me being in a female environment. You know, so it's very, it's very interesting. Like, how does it feel? Like, I'm just, that's so different than my experience. So like, what is that like being in like a majority female environment? Like, is your whole, like your manager and your whole team that way? Like, no. And, and so it's, it's very interesting because again, um, so I, as I always mention in my podcast, I went to an all girls Catholic school. So I'm already very used to being like in an organ and I was in a sorority obviously and the sorority was focused on like girls, women, female empowerment. And so I've always been in like that mindset. Like that's just kind of how I've grown up. So um when I I, I can I can navigate these spaces like fine. Um but you know, you always have like there's always pros and cons still, right? Like you you still feel I feel like sometimes like I sometimes feel like I'm competing because now that I have, I have, um, they, I have a lot more control over certain things and I, people trust me with things, right. Mm -hmm. Because like, that's just the nature of like the company. Um, I always, for me personally, like it's, it feels like a competition. Like, and that's, and that's also the nature of the business that I'm in. Cause, um, I'm in retail fashion merchandising. So the stuff that we're doing is like, you are competing with each other because you want your business to be better than someone else's. Right. Yeah. But it's like friendly competition. Yeah. Um, so constantly analyzing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so it's fun. Like I, I actually like, I really like the culture of where I work. Like it's great in that sense of like, mm-hmm. they really want you to grow and learn. And like, that's their motto. They're, they're, thing is that like you never stop learning and I love that because that's just how I live my life too um but it's also like you know think about how things are with all girls right like like, think of I feel like you still have you still have your issues there like do you again that that competitiveness um the way we approach things sometimes as well and also the fact that I am black and as much as that we are you know I will say my company tries to be diverse like they really try to do so it's nowhere near where it should be. So for me, I still feel isolated. I yeah. still, as much as like, um, I love the culture and everything. Like I still can't, I find it hard to fit in and relate as much as I've been, I'm used to being in these space, like all the all female space all the time. I'm used to it, but it's still hard. 
you know, it, it seems like we were very opposite in terms of our like the our work environments, but like we kind of picked up on some of like this like similar things. What are some of the ways you were proactive in like your adjustment and transition? I've only recently been proactive and like communicated that, and you mm-hmm. did that very early on. Yeah. So I want to know how you did how you went about that. So I guess just like adjusting like post-grad I wanted to make this like adjustment into work life like mm-hmm. kind of as seamless as possible so I was going to like I'm such a planner and like you know yeah. this about me Same. Like, we both yeah yeah it's the J the J in our Myers-Briggs <laughs> like judgment but I love to plan and like organize and just uh, when a solid like planner list comes together like that is beautiful so of course before graduating I was like how can I set myself up for success to make the work adjustment less daunting like graduating and adjusting you're not going to be like seeing your friends anymore all the time your schedule is going to be completely different so I had at least the privilege of knowing a lot of the group of people that I had interned with going into full-time like about like 60% of the interns go full-time um after graduating. So that was a nice like comfortability factor, but something that I did just like right off the bat, I knew I was going to miss like my clubs and activities and like all of those student organizations and things that like really are important to your core self that you like choose to be involved with at school and you might not even realize it like I was like oh I'm in photo club like I do that because it's fun and I like photography but it's like in adulthood you can't work nine to five if you're working a nine to five job then go like from five to six I have student government and then from six to seven I have photography club and it like that would be beautiful. Like I miss that. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried. I've attempted to do that. Um, yeah. I talked about that, I think in a different podcast episode, but I've tried to like schedule that and fit it all in, but it's so hard. It's so yeah. hard. Yeah. It's not as like structured. It's very much up to you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to decide these are the things that are my like, kind of core values or what I want to invest my time in. And right. then it's really up to you to make that that happen and see that through. So before starting work, I was like, okay, I know with my program that there are certain sites that are like very like that are involved with technology, like from my company. And I was like, I'm very much like an interpersonal person. (laughs) Like I love just like talking through things, like bouncing ideas Mm -hmm. off of people. But also like for me, it's really important for me to see like, especially just exploring a new career path to see like women that have a, have taken a path, like a non-traditional path or like a similar path to what you're going down and just like talking to them about it. So mentors have been like a very big part of my experience. So there are so many different sites um, in my company that are kind of hubs for technology. Mm -hmm. So Connecticut is where we're kind of like based, but there's also people in Philadelphia, Colorado, Los Angeles. So me being me, like my first week, at the company, I was like, I'm going to find a mentor 
and every like city across the country and like make, set up in my schedule wow. to talk wow. to them and yeah. just get to know them and like wow. ask them for advice. So mm-hmm. for me, it was like having that people and that comfort and that network of support. Mm-hmm. And then I'll kind of figure out all the work things and like yeah. the work and that learning curve. I mm-hmm. wanted to set up that people and community support first. Wow. That is actually very, very smart to do like right when you get there. And that's something I did a little bit, but I wish I did it more to the extent that you just described. I, they always emphasize at my company to like also like set up those meetings like, like you did and just talk to people because I think yeah. people, people don't realize that when it comes to that transition from college to post-grad, it's not only the learning curve of the job, but it's, it's having that support system and having that support system ultimately helps you in that learning curve for like, yes. you know, for the job. It motivates you just like mm-hmm. having, knowing that there are other people around with either shared experiences or like different experiences. Like it motivates you to be like, okay, well they did it. I can do it too. Like this, they were me four years ago. So Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. So that's why I wanted to do it across the country too, just to be like, okay, if I'm ever in, for one of them, I was just like on in vacation on vacation in Portland, Oregon last summer. And this one woman, I had just randomly reached out to her because the office there is super small. And I had randomly reached out to her about something for work one day. And so then when I was in Portland, Oregon, I like messaged her mm-hmm. when I was on my vacation and she was like, oh, you're here in your free time. And you're like reaching out to me. I was like, yeah, I was like, do you want to get coffee? And I got coffee with her and she explained to me, like she was also a psychology major, but now she's working in technology. And like, oh. she, like she told me her whole experience working there mm-hmm. and even though she's like on the other side of the country, I'm like, I feel kind of comforted in a way. Just yeah. like, okay, there are other people here um, and mentors. And she was like, you can always bounce ideas off of me. So, That's like, so awesome. it's just nice to have those people. And so I think that that was something I knew about myself coming from the post-grad, like, adjust- or coming into the post-grad adjustment was just, yes, I'm going to be adjusting to having like, I have a kind of built in network of like a close class of 2021. Like I Mm -hmm. have my cohort of 70 of us in my program, but I want to create like a bigger community outside of that because I am with a lot of people whose backgrounds are different than me. So me just knowing that about myself being like, I'm a people person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's start connecting with people. Let's start (laughs) seeing what communities they're involved with Mm -hmm. and seeing how I can become involved in what they're involved with. So Mm -hmm. I just knew that about myself. And I think that made the adjustment like way better. It's nice to know that people who are similar to you also went through the same thing. And you can apply that to your own personal life. Like how, how comforting was that for you? I find comfort in knowing that like they got, they got to an end goal. <laughs> they got somewhere. Cause right now we're just staring into a void and it's like, yes, exactly. what the hell are we doing? Like <laughs> just going in blood. I made this choice. I'm doing it. <laughs> no, it was really tough. Cause I feel like so many people put people into kind of boxes. Like some people, if you're a STEM major, I feel like just from my observation, it's kind of more linear, like your structure of, okay, I'm going to be like 
a biology major and then maybe I'll go to medical school and you kind of have that like structured right. out for you. Yeah. I'm not saying all STEM majors by any means, but right. like a lot of the time you might study something that's like directly correlated to the career you're going to have after. Mm -hmm. Whereas sometimes if you have more of like, my majors were very like theoretically based, mm -hmm. like liberal arts, you can take many different directions with that. Sometimes it's like harder if you're like, this isn't going to be my linear path to this. So it was just so nice to see yeah. someone who's, she's in her forties. She is like a manager directing different teams within technology. And she was like, I noticed I'm like really good with organization and management. And like these teams need people to organize and manage them. And she's like, right. my degree helped me do that. But I think that a lot of the time too, in our society, people put a lot of pressure on like what your major was in school. Yes. So like this. Yeah. And like so many yep. people that I work with, they're like, I was a history major and now I'm a software developer. I'm like, that is so cool. Like, yeah. You know what? Like, it's true. They put you in boxes. And I think that, I think honestly, it just stresses people out more. Yeah. So much more because it thinks it limits you. It makes you mm -hmm. feel like I can't branch out and do anything else. <laughs> or it makes you feel like when you, like are you know looking at other people or like looking at yourself it makes you feel like you're not on the right path or like doing the right yeah. thing you know and and it, that's so stressful so much pressure so seeing this woman nikki i was like this is awesome like right. i was like Did you know you wanted to do this she was like nope she like moved around jobs a couple times like throughout her time like in her professional career, but she's like, I didn't know I wanted to do it. I don't even know if this existed like 20 years ago when I graduated from yeah. school. But yeah. that's the cool thing too. It's just like you kind of, you have to ease into the uncertainty and just keep taking opportunities that excite you and that your mm -hmm. like skill set is good for. Mm -hmm. um, but it's so important, I feel like, to just have those conversations with people and see people that are like further down the road than mm -hmm. you. And yeah. just be like, what do you wish you knew when you were my age? And right. Like asking those questions. Right. Surround yourself with those people because it, it, it inspires you and motivates you to, you know, even do better <laughs> or even to get to where you, where you need to be. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like without those, those pockets of inspiration, it's hard to visualize yourself like doing these things because you're just kind of going and going and going. You only have had a certain experience and then you're, you might be hearing like so many different things, right? Mm -hmm. So to kind of have those pockets of inspiration um, and motivation surrounding you, like you're building that environment for yourself and then it helps you to, at some point, it helps you to visualize who you want to be and it will, you will have the people to help you get there, mm -hmm. which is really great, which is really great. Um, and I, I, I know you mentioned like, you know, part of your transition like was you know, basically networking and all those things. But I also want to know, like, how did, were you proactive, like, even with your managers, telling them, like, what you needed from them or, like, how um, you work in, in a team environment, especially with, like, STEM? Like, how, what were the ways you were proactive in that way with your manager? So, so far I've had two managers at the company because of the like rotating. So I've had two separate managers, but my first team was more creative. So I was on a team with like 
lots of visual arts people, lots of people that understand like the creative industry and like advertising and that type of thing, like sparks. I like, that's like a little piece of my like professional self is that like creative side. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was like, this is awesome to be working with people with these backgrounds, but I did not study what everyone else on the team studied and they're kind of more like hands-on designers. So I knew that about myself coming in. So I would just like tell my manager first we did this like strengths finder. Have you ever heard of that? Like the strengths finder. Um, Is it like similar to the um, high five test? Probably. Yeah. Catherine and I always talk about personality tests and like (laughs) that's all we do. (laughs) I love, I took a new one this week. I love it. I I sent it to all my friends. (laughs) Okay, wait, that means I've done two this week because you sent me, you sent me one. I did send you. But funny that, okay, so from that one you sent me, it was like, what type of creative self are you? Mm -hmm. And um, I got innovator. And it's funny because this first team I worked on was called like an innovation team. So I was going to say that. Solidified. (laughs) When you sent me, when you sent me your results, I was literally like, oh my God, this is perfect for her because wasn't she like doing it? She's doing like innovative stuff. Yeah. Mine was visionary and I found that it was very accurate. But anyway, side note. Anyway, so (laughs) in my first team, I had done this um, inventory when I had first started what's similar to what you're saying, like the high five, but basically it's called strengths finder. And it makes you aware of like your top five strengths, like as a person. Mm -hmm. So me being me, (laughs) the personality (laughs) tests and everything. I had weekly um, one-on-ones with my manager. We would talk about work. We would talk about um, like ways I wanted to improve, like my professional self, my professional goals. And so my first week I was like, So they had us do this like inventory test when we first started working. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just want to make you aware like of my strengths finder results, just so you know, like the kind of worker I am and things like that. I was like, I don't think this could do anything, but like help the situation. So my, my number, like my top ones were like connectedness. My number one was learner. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yes. Highly identify. (laughs) Highly identify with this. No no surprises here, but I had learner connectedness, individualization, all of these things. So I told my manager, I was like, just so you know, like these are who I am. Like, this is how I am. I, and I told him, I I highly identify with them. If the results did not reflect me, I'd be like, yo, like, I don't want to share this. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone anyone asks, who are you, Catherine Pryor? Just be like, oh, here are my, here are my five strengths. Read this. (laughs) No, my God. In interviews, like for my rotations after this, I have put them on my resume because I think it's so validating to like see I don't know. It's just like a mirroring effect. It puts into words things that you might not know about yourself, but just mm-hmm. by answering these questions and these patterns about, I prefer this in like a social or work environment. And yeah, right. I tend to do this. I yeah. think it's so validating to see that. So I made sure I shared that with my managers so that mm-hmm. they could either understand that as like, who I am, the way I work, the way I am outside of work. Mm-hmm. And then in my second relationship with my second manager, he asked me my first week on the job, he goes, do you know your Myers-Briggs um, type? And I was like, my jaw like dropped. 
shocked because <laughs> I would not, he was such a technical person that I didn't think, and that's me making an assumption, but I didn't think that he would want to ask me about things like that. Like the social right. sciences side, personality inventories. I was like, Oh, yeah. yes, I do. I was like, I'm an ENFJ. And he was like, perfect. I'm going to look that up online. And then he was like, for my next one, I one with you. I just want to like research it before we talk next and wow. see how I can like assign projects to you mm-hmm. that make maybe like work with your personality style. And that was my first week in my new job. And I was wow. like, jaw dropped. <laughs> wow. It's funny because my company thrives on like the personality test kind of thing. So we always, we always, always talk about it and like what our yeah. color is and stuff. I don't know if you took that too, like the color Ooh, test. I don't know that one. So please send that to me. No. Yeah. So I will, I have to send you all of them. So, um, definitely like we talk about like personalities and like how, um, how we work in a, like in a work environment and like how we communicate with each other and stuff like that. And so I definitely wish that I, I mean, I had those results and like, I love talking about those things, but I wish I applied it more and like conveyed yeah. it more in my, like, um, in my conversations with my manager and when it comes to projects and things like that. So I think that's great advice. And like, I think that's something that everyone should do like yeah. right when they get there. Like week one, and I'll be so honest. It's like week one, my jaw was dropped on the floor. I was like, this is amazing. We're going to, oh wait, we're going to cater the projects to my needs and this, and like, that's an ideal world. Yes. But like, hello there, 365 days in the year and the team is going to be assigned to whatever work. So you can't always, but at least that's how I want to be as a manager as like a takeaway is like, I loved that he did that. I loved that he was like, you know what, I'm going to go research this and like look more into what you prefer Mm -hmm. and then take that away because as a person who's managing people too, you want to understand, okay, wait, this might be a setback for them. And also just understanding too, like, do you identify with those results or not really? Cause what if it says one thing because they're meant there just to be kind of generalizations based on how you get a few questions, but there are Mm -hmm. some things in there. I'm like, that might be some people, but that's not, I don't identify yeah. with that sentence. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. maybe I would have done that on, in these conditions or on this kind of team, but with my friends, I wouldn't. So mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's also an, another thing I actually would love to hear from you on. Like, yeah. I agree. Like, I feel like, you know, obviously they're, they're very much generalizations, but I also think there's like a difference between work ama and like personal ama you know based on that and how like in different situations and different environments you're different right what is like work catherine versus personal catherine what are the things that you've recognized and the differences in those personas so it's actually funny because this past during this quarantine mm-hmm. I've had so much time for reflection and in such like different ways that then like, I'm going to creatively reflect and I'm going to professionally reflect and I'm going to read books that I've been wanting to read. So there's this book I read in the beginning of the quarantine and it's called designing your life. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool because it takes like a creative approach to this, to this conversation. And it's Mm -hmm. basically like answering what is your life view and like kind of what you want out of life versus what are you doing right now for your job Mm -hmm. and how, like what 
you, Ama, or you, Catherine, how much do you want those to like overflow and interact? Because some people view like work is work and my life is my life and they're not going to interact. Like I'm going to work to like pay my bills and do this. I'm kind of like an in-between. Like I'm like, I'm passionate about so many different causes that I have come to realize in the last like two and a half, three years Mm -hmm. that needs to be a part of my work day Mm -hmm. or else I'm a different, not completely different person, but I'm just not as motivated. So I'm working in kind of more of a technical environment Mm -hmm. with more, technologists and software developers, people like that. And they're fine looking at being in a room and coding all day. Like that is their, that's their thing. That's their favorite. Thing. That is their idea of fun. Like my roommates during the internship would love to do that on the weekend. I was like, does anyone want to go outside and play tennis? And, like, <laughs> nah. and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no, I want to quote, which is fine. I think that's cool. <laughs> no, it is so fine. It is like, we all, have our different preferences, but I was like, okay, that's not like my preference. I'm still going to go outside and play tennis, you know? Right. (laughs) So at work, I find myself at first I would like code switch a little and I would kind of put my little technology hat on and Mm -hmm. start like, I can connect with people over shared interests, like video games. Like I loved my Nintendo growing up. So like a lot of people in my industry, like they are gamers, the Sims, the Sims girl. That was my thing. I, oh, I want to go play after this. That just reminded yeah, me. <laughs> that life. No, yeah, so I yeah. used to code switch more, but mm-hmm. um, in some ways it's kind of like you just realize what your strengths are. And at first I would with my managers, I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'll take this project I'm more uncomfortable with. And you always are going to have to do that. But yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, after this, like reflecting and like reading that designing your life book, it kind of has you go through your past jobs, it has you do exercises. So this isn't like a, I'm going to sit down and read this book in two days. It's like a, no, I'm going to. It's good because I feel like it's when it's more interactive, it's more fun. You get more out of it, I feel like. Yes. Yeah. So it would have, it would be like break time and it'd be like, come on, I just sat down. It'll say, think about your last jobs, like your two last jobs. And write down the things that like energized you from that job and what you really liked about it and the things you didn't like. Mm -hmm. And so instead of doing my past two jobs, (laughs) I did every job I've ever had. Of course, course, Catherine. (laughs) I like have it in my little binder, but I did every job I've ever had. And like seeing that and like the types of work that I was involved with that like I feel like are the after work Catherine, the Catherine Mm -hmm. with my friends, Mm -hmm. those are the jobs, like even if they were, they were the lowest paying ones, it's like, those are the ones that like energized me or I had most of those like skills and could bring that outside of work Catherine Mm -hmm. out. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important to like, just realize that in your different roles you try to take on, whether that's like activities you're choosing to be a part of after work or within work like mm-hmm. I think it's important to see what you're bringing that like after work self <laughs> like, yeah kind of, <laughs> after dark <laughs> after, after work. hours after hours what you're doing no so, no but it's, yeah. it's true it's true because I I also 
that was kind of what I struggled with in the beginning of like, okay, I'm giving eight hours of my day to a company who I I love the culture. I love everything. Like everything's yeah. great, but in terms of me, myself, and what I get out of it, like eight, that's like eight hours of my intellectual capacity. And that's a lot of, a lot of time. Yeah. And you know, you get, you get home and you're drained and like, you don't really have time to do anything for yourself because you're just so tired. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that like, as, as you said, like it, it, hinders your motivation right you want to have i feel like you want to have that good balance right as as you mentioned um and like figure out like in words what exactly are the things that motivate you because i noticed even even in the way i behave at work it's very different than how i act outside of work i personally agree that i would want a balance and been able to kind of communicate that to my team and yeah. like my manager and say like this is like this is what i've seen and i think and I think almost in a way that's okay because I think I needed time to see like how I was working in this new environment where I was uncomfortable because I didn't know at fashion merchandising. So that kind of brought some sort of insecurity, like, uh, kind of mellowed me out in a way, like kind of like I, uh, retra I guess retracted. Well, you're saying before, it's like you're kind of being more passive. You're kind of right. letting your team do their thing. And what we were saying before, you're like, listening but you're not like i'm gonna lead this right you're new to it so right. part of it is like the newness part of it's a little bit the imposter syndrome right part of it's a little bit you being like okay i don't strongly identify i'm not passionate about this activity mm -hmm. so there's so many things going on that mm -hmm. that first year especially like it's a big reflection time and i feel like I'm definitely this way. And you touched on it before that you're this way. It's like, then you're so hard on yourself that you're mm -hmm. like, well, normally you're the leader. And like, right. normally, like I'm E for like ENFJ. Like I'm so extroverted. I'm 92% like, E, my test yeah. <laughs> You highly identify on the scale. Highly. <laughs> you're not on that like 50% cusp. So I feel like what you were just describing of like, sometimes you're quiet like I'm that way too it's hard then it's also good because again you can pinpoint what works and what doesn't and I love the fact that you decided that you wanted to have a balance in order to get there you needed to be able to communicate that right and and mm -hmm. say like this is what I needed from what is this what I need for myself kind of like advocacy it's hard to do that because sometimes I, it feels like you're saying like you're kind of giving up in certain things I, I feel like it's okay to say that this is what works for me this is what doesn't work for me and that's okay I can't do it all no. <laughs> there's no way I can be a superwoman but these are my strengths and this is how I want to amplify that but then at the same time acknowledging what your weaknesses are in acknowledging that being able to build it up and become stronger in those things. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of how you bridge together like that real life, that, that like personal Catherine or Ama versus that workplace Catherine or Ama. And I think it's so important to like what you were just saying, knowing the weaknesses, knowing the strengths for me, like, and I know you've talked about this and we've talked about this, like in college, we like always wanted to be busy and like, we were always so busy, but, and I'll like take the time to talk this through with my friends and advocate for my friends. But I found after graduation, like I need to take time to like sit down and do the activity and write down, like, these are the strengths. These are the, right. and like, even if for whatever your personal preference is, like, 
saying it out loud, maybe <laughs> like being yeah. like, I like this or yeah. like, I don't like this. Like yeah. just hearing yourself say that mm-hmm. or visually I'm a visual learner. So I like to see it written out, mm-hmm. but it's, it was, that activity was just like so important for me because I'm like, well, I knew I liked being a tour guide at UConn and like, I knew mm-hmm. that I liked that job and like leading people, but why? And it's like, oh, well, I really like interacting with people and like, I love teaching stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, but like, what didn't I like? And like, I didn't like this, this and this. Sometimes just like saving that for yourself and mm-hmm. taking the time to like write it down rather than just like generalizing, like I liked that or like, I didn't like that and not looking at the details. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's so important moving forward and it okay. saves you work for yourself mm-hmm. going forward. Like if you see that those things you didn't like from your college job, like on a job description on like indeed.com or something yeah. or like wherever you're applying to your job, you'll be like, Nope. I know that that's like not in my corner. (laughs) I really needed to learn the lesson with myself after graduating to take the time to do it for me. And I'm still learning and it's definitely like a muscle. I feel like it's like building a muscle. Like this is new for me. Like I love helping and advocating for other people, but I'm really learning um, the journey of like advocating for myself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We grow up with people telling us what we are and what they see in us. And the more and more we hear those things growing up, like you begin to believe them, right? And so that's why it's so important that you take the time to like really look at what exactly you are passionate about, what makes you happy, actually writing those things down because saying it in your head is like, it's again, it's a void. It's like there, it just flows away. By doing that at work, it infiltrates your personal life too and vice versa. It's It's so exciting. Like I've noticed just like on my own journey, Mm -hmm. it helps you become more assertive. And that's something that like, I was like goal number one after graduation, (laughs) like I want to be more assertive. Mm -hmm. And so I've noticed that just like in my personal relationships, Mm -hmm. I made it a priority, but then I transferred that to like my work self. And it's a beautiful thing to see those bridges kind of like come together. Like, they definitely influence one another. They're not exclusive. Yeah, they're not exclusive. But you're you're doing a really great job. And I cannot believe like you're on your, this is going to be your third year almost, right? Out of postgrad. Third year. I graduate next summer. <laughs> you, you're getting old. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right behind me. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm literally right behind you. But um, as a final thought and question, what would you tell yourself to the first year of postgrad, Catherine? There's so many things, but my number one thing mm-hmm. would probably just to be as patient with yourself And like Mm. the best friend to yourself that you are to other people. Oh, yes. Snaps for that one. Agreed. Wow. Like showing up for yourself Mm -hmm. just as much as you would show, I would show up for you. Like, I know if you were telling me something, I'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm here. I'm actively listening, like captivated, like Mm -hmm. showing up for yourself in that same exact way. Wow. I actually love that. I, I needed to hear that. So thank you f- so much for saying that. Okay, well, with that, we've been chatting away for, <laughs> I feel so long. I, again, every, every person I've 
like had on this show, I literally could just talk to them for like hours and hours. And I just need to like stop myself and my mama. Like they have a schedule. <laughs> Stop. Full live stream this. The bonnet talks <laughs> for four hours, like for literally forever, not in, infinite hours of just live streaming. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on, Catherine. Thank and you so I, much for having me. I love this. I love your platform, and I love being a part of spreading your message to everyone. So thank you for having me. Thank you. And I will talk to you very soon. Bye. Bye.